Stranger Things Volume 2 comes out when this drops. Ricky Flex, does Steve make it out the weekend? Steve, the Hare Harrington, will make it out this weekend. You could put it to the bank. What are the betting odds? He is going to make it. What a dramatic start, Ricky. Did you see that billboard that said, like, Save Steve? And it had, like, the Vecna, like, uh, roots, like, covering so, the billboard? This man was supposed to be dead already, right? The Duffer brothers, they wanted him to, they wanted to kill him off early, but the fans loved him so much. So you could say, oh, so he will be going, uh, going bye-bye. No, no, no. You know who's an essential character? It's Nancy. You know who's in love with Steve? It's Nancy. You know who uh, has to tell Nancy that they're breaking up and that she has to tell him that they're breaking up? Jonathan. This is just a natural cycle. It's going back to season one. They're getting back together. He's not going I, to die this season. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, dude. Like, I think that the whole Nancy aspect makes me think he is going to die. It's going to be like a last profession of love and but then, then bites the dust. Saves, so then, puts himself in the line, act of true love. Done. I understand that. And if it happens, I won't be surprised either. But just put it this way as well. So if Jonathan and Nancy won't be together and Nancy and Steve won't be together. So Nancy's going to not have a boyfriend. I don't see that. <laughs> she's got to have a boyfriend. She's, she's got to <laughs> gotta have a boyfriend. No, it's just like she's going to go to college without a boyfriend. She's not. Unless she's there. They're the the writing's so deep, I'm missing something. I'm just not seeing it. All right, let's get into it. This is the Drive In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to episode 121 of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have our recap of episode 6 for The Boys, Herogasm. We also have our preview of volume 2 for Stranger Things, the season 4. Then finally, the main event, our top billing draft, the most patriotic movie characters in honor of the 4th of July. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 121 of the drive-in podcast howdy duty episode one two one of tdi has arrived this is dr o on the horn i'm joined as always by the one and only ricky flex what are you more excited for ricky flex stranger thing the end of stranger things like the second volume or the last two episodes for the boys. What are you more? What's more anticipated for you? I think the boys is the best show on television. The sixth straight week, I've said that. But I think I'm more excited for Stranger Things. I think I am. I, I'm ready to see the end. I'm ready. It's not the end to the series, but I, it I think feels I'm, like it though, right? Doesn't it? It does. Like it has end? that feel to it. Such hype. And yeah, the hype is unreal. I think everyone else's hype has is making me hype and it's making me force myself to watch it this weekend all whatever it is, 6 hours or whatever it is. 
this weekend. So then when I'm by the water cooler on Tuesday, post 4th of July, or barbecue or whatever on the or on the beach on the 4th of July, I'll know what everyone's talking about and won't get spoiled. So I'm ready for it. I we're, so we're going to the Cape this weekend. I can 100% see someone spoiling the movie for uh, the the show for us. <laughs> like someone leading like on the beach over here, them tossing playing a little can jam. Like, can you believe what Vecna did in the last in the last episode of Stranger Things? Like, oh my God, Steve's gone. No, you know. Can you believe like, the cameo by Kate Bush? Like, unbelievable. <laughs> I do think this gap between the two volumes of this season did stranger things wonders and i think netflix needed it right the leniency on stranger things you know and i think it's brought like such prominence and such like um i guess like a claim back to netflix because they kind of got crapped on for a little bit there they were going through a stretch and they kind of still are but they still are a little bit but I was, but they're, they're going to own this weekend they're going to absolutely own this weekend and i can't wait to recap it with you uh in the subsequent one yeah i i agree I think Netflix needs this. They definitely need it. It's not their first time. They're testing out the separating the two seasons out into two seasons within a season, Ozark being one. But I feel like Ozark, the difference is, is that like I still haven't watched the second. The hype fell off. It was the opposite. Exactly. This is. No one talked about that finale. No one talked about it. We didn't talk about it. Like, it's just that's a problem. So this is much better, especially in a, uh, after a quarter where they lost 2 million subscribers. And they're probably going to lose that, if not more, this quarter. This They really need uh, Stranger Things to come back the start of July, the start of the third quarter. They really need this. So I don't know. We'll see. So I snapped my pen. <laughs> Pick that oh, up no, on the show mic. It, show it. No. Snapped. Oh my god. Uh that, that's not a good ten- start. That's the amount of tension that's built with the Stranger Things finale. But let's get to the best show on television right now. You said it, the boys. We had Hero Gasm that debuted last week. All right. We're gonna recap it a little bit right now and then give some predict predictions for episode seven for the boys. I believe we're down to the last two already. And Ricky Flicks, I'll, I'll just start off and say it. Did Hero Gasm live up to the hype? It did. Okay. Let's just get it out there. It did. And it's because the ending saved it. We got the fight Homelander versus Jensen Ackles, Soldier Boy, and Butcher. Yep. 2v1. So we got the mega fight. It definitely is the same sense of, oh, this is just the first of two. This is like the prequel to the main event to that comes out in the season finale, similar to Obi Wan. Yeah, I was going to say but, episode three of Obi-Wan. But like in that one, it's like that's just like showing the sheer power of Darth Vader. This one's like, oh, we're testing the boundaries. We're seeing how the powers stack up a little different. Like that was like an Obi-Wan is like Darth Vader's back with a lightsaber. Let's go. This one's more like, all right, we're testing it out. And it was awesome. So Hero Gasm lived up to the hype because of that. I, I was just confused why I was getting so much hype if that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Imagine if that didn't happen. I think it would have been a letdown big time. I know the comic book storyline is huge. Like it, and I, I think the hero gasm, it's an actual storyline for the boys. It's like multiple run, like a whole run is based on this event. And I think everyone was, I, I believe so. Like someone can tweet at us if we got that wrong, but I liked it all so much because it was such a unique backdrop for such crazy crap that was happening in this episode. 
So much went down. It was a crazy meeting spot for all these characters. You finally get a Soldier Boy and a Homelander interaction. You got M.M. and Soldier Boy. You got Huey and Starlight after their confrontation in the earlier part of the season. You got Blackhawk. You got Blackhawk versus A-Train, right? There's so much different aspects going on with this wild backdrop. So I personally loved it. And you mentioned the Homelander fight. I want to talk about that a little bit later, but I think this is the weakest we've ever seen Homelander in a boys episode. I, 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 when you judge like the beginning of this episode, he's hears about the soldier boy, like return, right? They pulled up on surveillance. It's clearly him. And Homelander looks like he has fear in his eyes for the first time. Right, like he doesn't know how to handle the situation. He's got a light, a lot on his shoulders from taking over Vaught Industries, right? From Stan Edgar, and now he has to deal with this powerful figure that basically was him before him, right? For Vaught, representing like this patriotic character that inspired our top billing today. So, what did you think about that whole sequence in the beginning when he's facing the mirror and he's basically talking to himself, right? And basically trying to get his groove back, but he's shaken, he's stirred. Right, it's this most unsure we've ever seen the one and only Homelander. It definitely is. I think that this is just kind of like showcasing Anthony Starr, his acting props here. Yeah, it was a great scene. And I actually like I liked it as in for the acting and the character, but like to be honest, I love Homelander when it's just like absolutely off the wall alpha dog, you know. So I don't actually love to see it, but. I love to watch it. it. Are you getting my drive there? Yeah, no. I, yeah. He's at his best when he is just an a-hole. And he yeah. is just dominant, so, so such an alpha and superior to everybody. And he knows it. Here, like when you bring up that fight, like he finally was like losing a fight. And like once last time he lost a fight, you can go to the end of season, uh, season two. But like not like this, where he actually fled the fight. He left. He bailed out because he didn't think he was going to win. Like that, that I never thought that day would come. Like I thought if it was going to happen, he was going to go down swinging. But he bails out of the fight. And how satisfying was that for Butcher, right? To see him take him on, right? And basically, I don't think Butcher's making it out of this out of this season, right? Like I don't know. Like he's juicing hard, hard. And uh, I like he's I, going I all out for this. So I feel like we talk about Homelander and how he's like a necessity for the show. Is Butcher also in that same category? Like, is he also indisposable? Like, you can't get rid of him? I think now you can. And here's why. It's not because of Huey. It's not because of Mother's Milk. I can see Mother's Milk dying in this season, actually, uh, because of the connection with Soldier Boy. And now kind of ends his story arc with the superhero vengeance. If Soldier Boy doesn't make it past this season, I think Mother's Milk doesn't make it past this season. Um, I think with Butcher, I think now you can because you can now next season, you can have Starlight be the leader with Huey or something of the group since she's now out of Vought. And that, that's a crazy thing that happened at the end of this episode, too. Huey's kind of getting on my nerves, dude. He really oh, yeah. is. I'm sick of, like, that Like that storyline is arguably my least favorite with him and Starlight, how he's always saying he wants to protect her. And then, like, it, it feels like that conversation is just going in circles, right? It finally came to a head here, it feels like, okay? And Huey's finally made the ultimate decision that he's going to be with Butcher no matter what. And he's also juicing hard. And he, like, s- tried to stop. 
Starlight. And then Starlight had to put him in his place. Like it just, it actually became violent. A little domestic, a little domestic abuse going on right there. But uh, to me, like that's my least favorite, I guess, dynamic that's going on. None of those two are leaving the show though. But I guess I don't want to jump to Starlight just yet. I think where should we go? Um, Black Noir. That happens at the beginning of this episode, right? So what happens? This is crazy because this is going to lead into predictions for next episode. This right? was wild. So once Black Noir hears that or is it's confirmed that Soldier Boy has returned, he takes out his tracking device out of his arm <clears throat> in a brutal scene, disgusting scene, right? Takes it out and then leaves the seven without giving Homelander any notice. They don't know where he is. All right. So what do you think about that? Does this confirm that this is the Black Noir that was with Soldier Boy down in Nicaragua when everything went down? Yes. Confirmed. Very okay. much confirmed. So if it's confirmed, like, do you think that he is going to confront Soldier Boy or is he literally scared like like the like the seven like Homelander? Is being told right like i forgot who was mentioning it that black noir was nervous and like was basically running away from soldier boy do you think that's the case or is it maybe something that's like in the background something that's like hiding from the audience a little irony going on yes i i, I agree with the latter of your statement i think it's too easy to say he's scared and hiding okay and he's obviously not going to go and approach him and try to fight him okay there's something that we're missing here and it's i don't think it's our fault Remember, we did get a backstory with Black Noir, right? Yep. He wanted to take off the mask. He wanted to, but then Stan, Stan Edgar's like, oh, then have fun in Minnesota. And he's like, no way. I'll keep this mask on, baby. But then he gets absolutely bombarded. Uh, everyone uh, in Nicaragua, uh, everyone in the camp does. And his face is clearly like in That's shambles. Up. Yeah. So it's like, all right, what did he do? And how does this connect to that and Soldier Boy? That's the key thing that we are just missing right now. And I'm curious because what we know about Soldier Boy, like obviously he's hooking up with Butcher and Huey trying to take down Homelander, but also uh, Huey and Butcher are helping Soldier Boy like get revenge on Payback, Team Payback. And who is a part of that? It's Black Noir. Maybe Black Noir notices he's a target. He's kind of going incognito to maybe like jump on Soldier Boy before he can attack him. That's like what I'm thinking. There's no way to like keep track of him. And Black Noir, he's all, he's always a slithery character. You never know what the hell he's doing. You never know where the hell he is, right? So maybe he's plotting something on his own, maybe trying to get to Soldier Boy before Soldier Boy can get to him. Yeah, and maybe like Homelander was so upset that he left him, right? Is that that's weird though, right? Is it did you always feel that connection in this show? Like the like Homelander and Black Noir were tight? No, but I think that's like the point of Homeland is like, well, Blackwater doesn't say anything. He's always listening. He's always there. You yeah, know? he's always there. Like he's been with the seven forever. Right. So like that's why Homeland is like, why would he leave me? Like he's so reliable. So that's what I think gets him worried, too, about Soldier Boy that, oh, this guy is bigger than we even think. And I think, though, that would be pretty cool if Black Noir and Homelander like team up. I don't know, against Soldier Boy and Butcher. That would be pretty cool. Right. And like at that whole like revenge, like maybe like obvi I think there's a there's a strong chance that Black Noir like feels some like racial tension, okay, with Soldier Boy. Maybe Soldier Boy, like I I don't know if that was confirmed in on an earlier episode. Like uh 
he has very traditional values, old school, like um, very conservative values. I don't know if there's any racism that's involved with Soldier Boy's background, but that also could cause some hatred from Black Noir. And uh, yeah, I honestly, I think Homelander, this also showed how weak he was, right? I think that was like the start of it. It's like after seeing Soldier Boy, fear struck in his eyes, like that was my childhood hero, right? I was the guy who replaced him. Am I truly better than him? And then it was cool to see in that fight scene where he goes like, I'm the upgrade. That, <laughs> was, know, that was an awesome line. Awesome line. Um, but that was the scene where after that, Black Noir leaves. And then he's like, why would he leave me? Then he has the one-on-one the -on -one interaction with himself. And then he loses a fight. So this is like... It was crazy to see Homelander like at his weakest point, and it's in like literally, literally the middle of the season. It wasn't like the finale where he loses and then he has to regroup. Like we have to see how he recovers for once. Yeah, and this could be like what you said. Is this the end of Homelander? Like they're starting to show his like his flaws a little more here, and mm -hmm. they'll probably lead to him being even more powerful but they're just going to show that and then take it away from us in a tr dramatic fashion. That's what a mm -hmm. TV series does. That's just what it seems like it's happening. I hope it doesn't. I'm on the bandwagon that the boys is Homelander. Homelander is the boys, I should say, not the other way around. So I hope that doesn't happen, but we'll see going forward. And like Homelander has no one around him. He is no one around him right now, except for the deep, right? The, uh, we just want to talk about that. Yeah, we should. And I, I have some theories on the deep, dude. I think the deep is going to kill his girlfriend. I could see that too. Because, like, do you remember Getting that time where, he's like, where she's like feeding him, him, feeding him information? He's walking away from Homelander. He said, "You didn't have to tell me that." Rolls his eyes and gives a look. I think he's growing sick of it. He always has the intimate moment with like the octopus again. Yes. Right. So it's just like. He doesn't have he doesn't have strong feelings for his girlfriend. He's kind of using her. I think he's close enough with Homelander now that he's just gonna be like, I'm just gonna end you because I don't need you anymore. Right. And I think I think it's just gonna be a frustration type of thing and a very funny death that the boys are traditionally known for. That uh I I just can see that happening. Yeah, that's a good call. And I, God, he is such a weird character. Chase Crawford, awesome actor though. He owns that role. He, he owns is it. amazing. I hope he he is really good. But uh also, we could also bring up the Imagine video. Oh yeah, that's cute. Yeah, that's that was that is why that is the boys right there. Yeah, they you... excel at that. What we talked about last uh, episode, they excel at making fun of meta things, but not at like being meta, too meta. Right, and like involving the characters, and like it's all like Seth Rogen's pals that are doing it. Like it makes it funny, uh, and it, it feels just different from other shows. You know, and it, like the boys, like they did the Pepsi commercial with a train earlier on making fun of Jenner doing it. And uh, I don't know which Jenner it was. I think it was Kylie. Was it Kylie Jenner who did that commercial or Kendall? Oh, God, I don't remember. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Not even worth looking up. But like also <laughs> what, I, what I love that the boys does is that for they build up hype in between episodes with social media. Like it's like it's related to the show and like what the show like like how they use social media to like stir people and have them sway certain directions, like using it as media. Uh, 
but then also the sh- like like the, the starlight makes the dramatic uh announcement at the end of this episode bot says like she is no longer like there's a there's a bot like twitter account that's saying starlight in real life is not has been kicked out she's no longer a co-captain we do not respect her we deny all these allegations it's like bringing the show to the real world and there's an actual investment from episode to episode they're so good at building up hype like great twitter follow if you don't follow bot industries <laughs> yeah it's so good it is so um, good and it reminds me like in this trailer i guess kind of going to the predictions i guess or just looking at the next episode we get a Maeve appearance in the trailer for the next episode. I didn't like that. Like, I like, I, I want us to hang by a thread. Like, and I want us to like, we know she's probably alive because they won't just show like Homelander, like getting like or Black Noir, whoever kidnapped her, like taking her away, and then we don't see her again. Just like, don't show it in the teaser. You know, I just want to be surprised when I watch. You know, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, give me don't. the surprise factor. And May- Maeve's gonna die this season. That's inevitable. Like, like it'll. That's ri- like her. Her fate has been written on the wall since she appeared in the first episode of the season. To be honest, it's gonna be interesting though. What if Butcher dies and saves her? Yes, little. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because we didn't recap the previous episode. A little, a little, a little, a little love, a little entanglement going on right yeah. there. Um, that was weird. It, it, but like honestly, like Maeve, if she's pure-hearted and she, if she's the one who takes down Homelander, can you imagine if she becomes the leader of the Seven? I can see that. <laughs> what a comeback that would be! But hopefully, it ends like the uh, series ends with that. Right. I don't. I don't know how the Seven can continue after this season. Like the organized Seven after the Starlight announcement at the end of the episode, right? Calling them out uh, with these. It, it's- it's exactly what Stan Edgar said. Like, I think it just turns them into a pharmaceutical company and superheroes are like dead. Yeah. Like, I, no I, I, yeah, because co-captain gone, Homelander, right, on sketchy ground, right? There's going to there's be stories that obviously people are going to hear about what happened at Herogasm and everything. It's all, Can you imagine if you were, like, just a member of the public and, like, there's a report going on that, like, all these people died. Like, oh, what happened? Where were they? Was it a music festival? Like, was it, was it, what was going on? Oh, no, it was just a massive orgy with all these superheroes. And this uh, soldier boy guy came in and just exploded and took out everybody. <laughs> Jesus. Crazy. No, but, like, seriously, though, like, I think whenever the boys end, it's going to end with no more superheroes. That's actually a decent take. Yeah, I, 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 I could see that. I could see that. And it's going to be, I don't know the comic book storylines. So this is like different than like watching a Marvel, Marvel movie, like where we know somewhat these characters and what like what storylines have yet to be told that need to be told. It's kind of, it feels good to be oblivious, to like what's happening right now. Like not knowing anything about hero gas. I'm just like taking it in for what it is. Okay. I'm guessing if you were a comic book fan, it might not have lived up to the hype because it wasn't exactly the central piece of the episode. It just provided a setting. You know, for everything that happened around it, but uh, I thought I thought there was so much action in this. There was it was nonstop. Everything was happening so quick. And I think when we get to as we keep going with predictions here, maybe we got to talk about A Train. Um, we don't think he's dead, do we? No, 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 right? Because 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 there was always this. Because th- this was the one time, like they, like the doctors have been saying, A Train, if he goes at like supersonic speed again, right, his heart might give out. Right, gets revenge for the paralyzation of his brother from Blackhawk, and then he obviously, in a brutal scene, just drags Blackhawk's brain to hell. Like it, it was that was 
that <laughs> that was like to have like the the orgies going on and then the explosion and then dragging his head like the, it was like when i took a picture i took a picture literally of the rating when you when you start watching it says smoking nudity it, it literally went to a second row there were so much things that you had to look out for this episode and i'm just like this is building up hero gasm this is exactly what i need to see before the episode were you feeling that at all yeah that because uh if you read it it was different than the rest of the other like precautions too so it's like oh we're about to see some shit here like we're about to get yeah. down it's, it, this is like this is going to be like one of the most epic boys episodes that was going through my brain and i think it was one of the best of the season for sure every episode's been great but i think this is like a top two for me just based on the yeah. action that happened and the incredible setting um and i also was thinking ricky flex as we were watching I really think there's no one good left in the show except for Annie and probably MM now, now that he's made this conscious decision to help people and not necessarily go after soldier Maeve. boy. Maeve too. Maeve too. I think those are the only good people. But when you think about the beginning of the show, like butcher was considered a good guy, right? Huey's considered a good guy, right? Huey will make the change at some, whether it's this season or the next, he'll come back. Yeah. Cause we know he's good at heart. Right, and he's probably gonna try and run yeah, back. Yeah, he was to, pissing me off too uh, with like, the A Train thing. A Train finally is like generally sorry. And that made me think A Train's gonna die. Like that, the reconciliation yeah. with Huey. But they would have showed it on screen or in the uh -huh. episode, so no way. Like they'll give him a better death as well. But like Huey, like goddamn, like he's got to know that his brother just got like paralyzed. Like he's got to know the situation, dude. I again, just we're going in circles, and that was a big like. Okay, that's just that's actually like I don't agree with that writing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, okay, first, yeah, I feel like that conversation's happened multiple times yeah. already, and like they 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 previewed like that was going to be returning when they were on the red carpet at the beginning of season three. Like, what, like Huey and A Train are standing there. A Train's like, I never thought we'd be standing here together, but it just seemed like a weird time for Huey to say that and, again. And it would have been a perfect time for like Starla and Huey. Like the previous episode when Huey decides to go with Butcher and Soldier Boy and not with Starlight. I think if they didn't see each other this episode, we would have gotten the picture that they aren't together. It was the same ending as the last episode. Where he ridiculous. walks away and he looks at her and he goes off with the other two. I'm yes. Like, okay, we're just doing the same thing over again. It's like, why would you think that's good? It made no sense to me. Um, I guess any other predictions as we're wrapping up here? Anything you want to see in the next episode? I there's a few things I want to see, but what I really I guess if I had to pick one, I would really want to see Black Noir like a like a explanation for Black Noir like Me too. get a get a checkup update with Black, and maybe Homelander finds him and finds out his actual backstory and that's how we find out reasoning behind Soldier because Homelander is trying to figure out everything himself. Maybe Black Noir is the one that tells him, and maybe that like would be interesting. And I think by like having that conversation, like having that Homelander interaction at the beginning where he cares for Black Noir and wonders why he leaves, Homelander, I think, will open his arms to Black Noir. And then you might like get, and we're going to find out more about he was a part of Payback. And we have Soldier Boy trying to get back. I think that's like Black Noir could be the key to all this. Like yeah. he could be the one to explain to Homelander like what happened in Nicaragua if Homelander doesn't already know and everything like that. And then that can lead to like those two creating a strong alliance to take on, right? Quote unquote, the boys. 
Yeah, and uh, no, I agree. And I just think that before the season, we were told that we would get a huge backstory of Black Noir. So far, we saw more so than normal. I feel like but they said that about they said that about season two as well, right? Did they? <laughs> That's what I felt like I was hearing. It. I interrupted you. I apologize. No, but I don't remember that for season two. But definitely this season, they said they were going to get more of a backstory, so maybe that's how we do it. And I definitely could see that. All right. Well, guess what? We get an episode dropping the same day this episode drops. So can you guess what? We're going to recap it beginning of next week. And then uh, the penultimate episode of this season. Buckle up, baby. That being said, let's move on to a little preview of Stranger Things. Okay. Volume two. We're going to go over a little bit of predictions, who we think is going to make it out alive, if anybody. So uh, before we get into any predictions for this next season, I mean, what were your initial thoughts, broad overview of Volume 1? Volume 1, huge comeback for Stranger Things. We were talking about it before. A little bit of phenomenon right now, especially a bit huge on social media. We talked about how the layoff benefited it versus Ozark. It did not. The hype is there. This is what Stranger Things has been missing since season one going into season two. So this was far superior than seasons two and three. Now it's got to live up to the hype that has been built now, right? And yep. I think that if it was the end to the series, there'd be even more hype. But I think the big problem is we got a whole nother season. So you're going to somehow have to finish this season as strong as you finished volume one to go into a brand new season with potentially the mind flare as the big bad going into next season. So, and then shaping that story out because we haven't really seen the mind flare as like the five-star general Vecna in this season, who's been a great villain, which season two and three did not have. So end of the day, season one, I'm oh, sorry, season four, volume one, huge success, huge hype around this volume two, but they got to live up to it now. Yeah. I, I feel like the second half of that volume one was incredible. Like that was a, a, like having them go like in uh, what did they call it? Uh, the Watergate, right? And when they had that Watergate sequence and you had like Nancy, Steve and Eddie going down and then like communicating with like Max and the gang like on the other side. Uh, I feel like they did, they did a great job honing in on certain characters. Like they kind of strayed away from like the Mike Wheeler, the Finn Wolfhard, the Will Byers a little bit. And they're right. more focused on a lot of the action going on in Hawkins. And then also with Eleven. Like Eleven's journey was incredible. How the way it connected to the story and the guy who plays Vecna, right? And they, when they dropped that whole sequence i i loved it like that you like personally i knew that guy was going to be vecna the entire time i knew he was number one the entire time i think it was easy to telegraph but i think that guy is an amazing actor i think he absolutely murdered it as like that prelude to vecna right um i, I literally gave me chills that performance and like seeing like millie bobby brown go against him uh very cool I loved it. Did, were you so? What do you think about Vecna? Do you, is he like the most impressive villain we've seen so far in Stranger Things? He's great. He he is definitely the most impressive. Doctor Montgomery was great, but he wasn't the villain. He was just, you know, he was like the Steve Harrington of. He's like the avatar right? for it. You know, he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like I I do think his um, what do you call it? Jamie Jamie Campbell Bauer. Jamie Campbell Bauer is the actor. Okay. Uh the guy the guy who plays Vecna, the yes, er, yes. early version, number one. 
Yeah, yeah, number one, yes. And he plays him like puts the makeup on or whatever. Like this, yeah. So he plays him throughout. Electric, definitely, in my opinion, the best part of of this season. Yeah, right. He's so good. I I really do think so. And you actually had a good point. The second half of this season was great because it had those moments. It had those anticipate like that build up payoffs like it the pay the payoffs with the moments it's just unbelievable that's what you need in a television show that's what people keep coming back to watch right and mm-hmm. you don't get them mad with bad outcomes right bad outcomes that are bad leading into another season right first half though well it wasn't great the first half of stranger things this this season you are right that it's just that i kind of forgot about how bad the first half of the season was, it was all over the place and yeah. then, like and when they go to California, like it's really a dud, Ooh, in my opinion. Bad. And, bad, and bad. eleven, eleven made such a great turn in the second half of this season. I did not like eleven, like the fish out of water in California. Like I, it was just painful to watch. It didn't it. work. It, yeah, I don't think it did either. But I think they made a great decision, just focusing on Hawkins. And guess who's coming back? And this also was a great moment, like with Hopper, like Hopper coming back. And who's that actor? He's the guy. He's the he's the the man of many faces in Game of Thrones. That guy's incredible. Yeah, Enzo, Enzo, Enzo. Dimitri. Yeah, I love him and Hopper's like dynamic that they got going on. I'm excited to see Hopper and Winona Ryder, like Joyce, like back together, and uh, the bald dude from the other guys. I love him too. Murray, Murray. Uh, yeah. yeah, and his character he, he, he was the karate, like like he was a hilarious character, but also earned his stripes a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, if I. If we're if I don't want to jump ahead here, but I definitely a fan favorite now, right? Mm-hmm. And he started out someone that didn't want anything to do with them, and now he's like traveling to California, then to Alaska, then Russia. I think he's a goner. Yeah, I, I think he had his heroic moment. You know, he had a heroic moment in season three, but now it's like okay, now he's helped. He's a part of the group he, now. He, he might because he, he's sacrifice. He, I could see him sacrificing himself, like getting Hopper out of there and everything. Um, but I, I'm just excited for the I'm waiting for that reunion between Eleven and Hopper, uh, and like obviously the adoration that Eleven has for Hopper and everything. But uh, even like the acting of David Harbor, like in the prison cell, reflecting on his life. Okay, everyone that he touches like dies or like goes away, and he every, he's he's like literally cursed. Like that one on one where he's talking with Enzo. That's the best acting I've seen David Harbor do. I think ever. It was really good. I want to agree. There was, yeah, I think you're right. I like David Harbor had the dud with Hellboy, and he's been in no sudden move, but that wasn't a huge success for him. I guess you're right. Yeah, and to be honest, like now this season coming up, Winona Ryder is going to be paired alongside her coming back to America. Unsure how that's going to unfold, but how's that going to work? Yeah, I don't know. If Enzo can fly and he has to leave Russia, then he won't be a goner. He'll fly them back. I want Enzo to make it. Like, I really love that character. And, like, he um, has so a, a, he dead. has an interesting background, too, with him and, like, double-crossing, not believing in the Soviets, but being a guard and then being in prison, working hand-in-hand with Hopper. Like, it's, like, I want him to survive. It's a high unlikelihood. I could see him, like, sacrificing him. I hate, because you could just see everybody. They, there's, there's such close relationships that are built in this show. You naturally think, and there's such high stakes, people are going to sacrifice, like, themselves. You just yeah. know. No, you like they're just feel you feel like people aren't making out of it out of this season, and I think that leads into 
Who's not making it out in your opinion? All right. Who's not making it out? Ricky Flicks' official predictions here. Not in any particular order of like who's going to go first or definite, but here's my predictions. Multiple people are dying. Okay. There's been, we've already confirmed that at least one person will die. And Will Byers' character or actor also confirmed that more than one person died on the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show. Okay. So the Tom Holland of this show. So I said Murray already. I'm going to hold to that. I think Eddie's a goner. I thought he, I thought he would have died earlier. You know, so, like I feel like if he's made it this far, he's gonna make it into the next season. He's been such a fan favorite. I I I I think he's like a 50-50 for me. I'm leaning towards no. I, I think he's a goner because I think he's the new guy in the group, right? The next season, when you go against the big bad, the mind flare, it's gonna be the core characters, right? And you can include Maya Hawk now in that because she's now in it for another season. I think she is now not a core character but big enough where she will at least survive this season. And we have heard nothing with that romance. So I feel like we are owed some things with that. So I definitely don't see her dying, but with Eddie, it's like, okay, in the trailer, we see him playing the guitar in the underworld. Is that to save Nancy? So Steve can be with her, right? I'm not sure. All I know is I think he's a goner. So that's two right there. All right, and I think I'm gonna. I, I think more people are gonna die. I think I'm gonna hold it there. I, I really feel like those two. I feel like every season has ended with like one major death, right? So they built like, up Eddie's Eddie's character to be a big death. Like last season, Dockery Montgomery, he was like a newcomer, dead. Season two, I'm trying to think back now. Anybody dying? Season it was two. the uh, Sean Aston, Bob. Yes. Oh my God! I can't believe disrespect by me. He's a great character. Him dying too. Some. Also a newcomer. So I'm I'm I changed my mind. I'm leaning towards Eddie. Eddie's yeah. gone. It's, Eddie, it's every goner. every lovable go, go, new goner. character gone. Goner. We're like fan favorite, not exactly lovable. That's yeah. Weird. And like if you and if you think about it, like oh god, what's Max? She already had her moment where she would die. Didn't yeah, die. She's living. She's living. Right. And she's all people love her, dude. People love yeah. Sadie Sick. People coming back from California. None of those people are dying because they're coming back. They're gonna one of them will die in season five. If you had to pick one of those people that were gonna die, who would it be? Will Byers, end of season five. That's easy. my it's way too easy. They started the the show started with him getting taken. The show will end with him I agree. getting taken. I agree. As in death. Um, Lucas is going to make it. Mike Wheeler is going to make it. Eleven's mm. going to make it. I'm just running through. Dustin's oh, the best yeah. part of the show. He's not going to. He's not going to die. The heart of the show. Yeah. I. Yeah. So he's not necessarily the best part, but he is the best. He is the the heart. Yeah. Yeah. The one you, you just. But I saw this theory though. I saw this theory though. Dungeons and Dragons. The season started with Dungeons and Dragons, and he said like, "Let's just go for it." And he was the one that rolled. Gamble. His character died to the mind flare. Similar to season one. Where Don't even put this Will, out here. Will threw it. Don't put this Will out threw here. Will the die, and then he died, and then he got taken. Ricky, so, don't, don't put that energy out there, bro. I'm just saying. Yo, like, I'll in, end this podcast right now. <laughs> if Do Dustin not dies, then you're done. I'll, 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 I'm straight up balling for the next two days. Okay, we'll give a two-day hiatus if Dustin dies. Yo, I, yeah, I, I refuse to, like, talk about it. I will cry on the podcast if Dustin is dead. No lie. You cannot do that. I think we have the podcast. Then immediately afterwards, ah, immediate reaction. Ah, so you get, yeah, I, I, I might cry just thinking about it. The no content way. game must live on. Ah.
Yeah. I'll do, I'll do, a, if, I'll, I'll do a, if he dies, I'll do a, a reaction video and then I'll post it for us. If you have to. Does. I think you have to. Like, I'm starting to like feel it a little bit. That, oh, that would suck. That would sorry. suck. Sorry. I have one last person. I'm looking at the cast list. I had actually three people dying. I think one of the older kids got to die too. Like, other than Eddie's going to die. So, yeah. He's yeah, he's kid. older. But I have a, an older character I think is going to die. Robin? I don't know how they're going to make it work. Dr. Brennan's Matthew Modine dead. Uh, yeah, because he's like, like he should have been dead before. Yeah, but <laughs> he Vecna looks dead when gonna... he's talking. Dumb. Oh, yeah. I can see it's that. It's going to be revenge to the max, baby. But Matthew he Modine, dead. he's not traveling back to Hawkins, is he? I think he's going to follow Eleven because in the trailer, it's like, Eleven, you're not ready. You're not ready to face him. And he's going to follow. Like, like maybe she's sacrifice like, for Eleven. Like Eleven's Jedi sacrifice. Master. Exactly. I also saw another crazy theory. This one I cannot see. Where are you seeing these theories? Twitter replies or what? Reddit? Twitter, yeah. But I think they're all just Reddits that are coming on Twitter. I know I saw this other crazy theory. This one I just absurd. So again, the show's based in the 80s, right? What's big in the 80s? Empire Strikes Back, right? Vecna is the biological father to Eleven. Okay, follow me. So, how does Doctor Brennan number one? Get, you think yeah. number one is? Yeah. So, how does like number one? How does how do besides number one, all these other kids just come out of the, nowhere who are significantly younger than number one? Doctor Brennan used that DNA with surrogate mothers, and had all these kids. I don't believe it. I'm just saying that was a theory I saw. And I was just like, okay, we're getting new. new I, like, I, I, I'm I not a fan of looking at theories like that just because 99% of the time they're untrue and they mess up my brain and it ruins my viewing experience. So stop telling me these theories. <laughs> stop telling them. That was my last theory of the day. <laughs> if one, if one of these like pans out, then you can continue. I will allow the theories. <laughs> if one of these pans out. So you better pick, pick them wisely. Okay. Wait, I have one final thing. <laughs> theory? Not a theory. Good. Yes or no question. Does Vecna die at the end of this volume? At the end of the season? Yeah. It's going to be a one-on-one -on -one with Eleven and Vecna. Yeah, and then he dies. The next season, it's Mind Flare. Who, who's Mind Flare? Am I, what am I he, missing? Remember, the Vecna is the five-star general of the underground. Yeah. The underworld, whatever. And the mind slayer, mind flare. He's the big guy with the tentacles and. Stuff. Oh, that's okay. I like. I, I, he's the leader of the underworld, second. and he wants to take oh, yeah. over. He's a, he, and that's the final season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now Vecna's going down. Bro. Yeah, he has he's to. He's going all the way down. And that's why, like, again, like you kind of predict that, but the reason why the hype is so real is because, like, who's gonna die? Yeah. Right. What what kid's gonna die? Like that's. It's like Game of Thrones, about. dude. It's like yes. Game of Thrones. That, that that's exactly what it is. Are we getting a red wedding? Like, what are we getting here? That's what we're hyped about. <laughs> All right. Make sure you're tuning into the podcast to hear our recap for Stranger Things next week. Right? Can't wait. Let's move on to the final part of this podcast, Ricky Flicks. In honor of Fourth of July, let's pick up the vibes a little bit, even more so. We got the most patriotic movie characters. All right. Honor Fourth of July. You have a coin, Ricky Flicks, before we go over the rules. He's searching. 
and he's got one. You know what? You already know what I'm picking, Ricky. It never fails. It failed. Oh, damn it. <laughs> All right. What do you got, Ricky Flex? Where do you want to pick? I will go first. Number one overall pick goes to Ricky Flex. You're officially on the clock. Oh, any questions before we start? Yeah, I have a question. So this is the most patriotic draft. Movie character, yep. That doesn't mean they have to be American, right? No. Yeah. Um, like, okay. But they gotta, they gotta, wait, they gotta exemplify America for their country. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> like you can't have like Ivan Drago patriotic for the Soviet Union. Well, I wouldn't no, pick him. That I is not thinking... the spirit of this draft. No, this is I, America. So I was thinking like give me the country. Give me the country. I can't Scotland. Oh no. They can't do that. Why? It's patriotic. You got Ricky. Come on. We got this is about the US right. of A, baby. I, I just want it on the record. William Wallace. Yeah, been a... <laughs> yeah, that's an unbelievable pick. But this has nothing to do with the fourth of July. This is the spirit of the draft. Okay. And with then... that being said. Any question? Any other questions? Looking down, the Spartans and three hundred are out as well. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was like the dumbest question of all time. Why? Because this is America. American. Independence so, Day. All right, so should we change it to like the most American uh, character? I think. I think. I think our listeners are smart enough to know what the hell we're talking about. I'm just too smart for my <laughs> own mate, for this draft. Um, I can't believe you did that. All right. Moving on. Okay. So I don't think this person, I think this person, it's more about the look and who this character is that I'm picking. This might not be a consensus 1 1, but I just can't have this character not on my board if I have the first pick. So I'm picking Captain America. It's in the name if we're going based off of America. So I'm going that. I know superhero saves the world. But guess what? He was first in Captain America, the first Avenger, right? Stopping Hydra. So give me that first pick. It's in the name. That's true. And it the was, costume. I think it's. I think I had. I had it like six. I had it at six. I think. But uh, I don't know. It, it, like it's World War Two. Like America, one of America's proudest moments. Like killing Nazis, other than like killing commies, right? Or like taking down commies. This is the next most patriotic thing a soldier can do. All right. And uh he still exemplifies that patriotism, like representing like American ideals for all the MCU projects he's ever showed up in. But uh I don't think you have to pick a specific movie or anything. I think it's just like the Captain America character. If, even if it like spans a couple movies, I'm okay with that, hundred percent. And uh and I like his transition. He's not just like a symbol of American freedom. He notices he is more than that. He can do more for his country. Like, what can you get? Like, obviously, JFK a little later on. But, uh, no, nah, it was great. I like it. The comic accurate suit and everything. Red, white, and blue. Let's give it up for Captain America. <laughs> All right. What do we got here? All right. That was good. Damn it. The next, uh, next pick's easy. Easy. This was my number one. It's Captain John Miller. Captain John Miller, Tom Hanks, Saving Private Ryan, uh, Greatest Generation, right? Uh, is it greatest or best? 
Is World War One best or greatest? Let me look this up real quick. So this is actually important. Uh, you're the history guy. I know. Um, I should know this. They're the baby boomers. Yeah, it's it's greatest gener. It's the greatest generation. Oh, sorry, they were before the baby but, like, boomers. But these are like this character exemplifies like the people that were going to fight for us, dropping their lives. Okay, doing whatever it takes to save a fellow American. Right, even if it's something they don't want to do, it's something they have to do. Right, on behalf of their country, a teacher. So you know, I'm gonna pick him. Right, someone and the one of the greatest monologues in the history of the like in the middle of the movie. It wasn't like right at the end where he's making this monologue, right, revealing finally who he is, where he's from. Okay, uh, kind of like rallying his troops at a time and motivating his troops when they're at a loss, and Edward Burns is being a little brat. Right, John Miller, first first round pick, second overall thoughts. This is the. Uh... All right, let's get deep pick, right? Like, what? Like, is this a, like what's America to you? And we need a serious answer. That's the one you went with. I don't hate it. I think it's a good pick. Um, what I personally have picked it, maybe later. Um, but it's for that. I think I have a different approach to this draft, so that might be a, that might be a, a spoiler and might help you. But no, it's a good pick. Like. Tom Hanks, we just absolutely destroyed him on the pod uh, earlier this week, but great in this movie. We did. We like this is arguably like my favorite Tom Hanks role because like this is like common man Hanks in a heroic role. You know, it's as the it's it's an everyday teacher. You know, putting his life on the line, sacrificing his life, all right, for his country, and it's the one of the most patriotic movies and he is like the most patriotic character in that movie. I think therefore it's a logical pick. Yeah. Good pick. Good pick. So on to second round, go a bunch of different ways. I picked a war hero, so I don't want to go with another war hero. Okay. I want, uh, this is not thinking outside the box or anything. It's, we had a draft about this person. Okay. Uh, not too long ago in honor of a very meta movie that he starred in, right. Starring himself. I'm going with Benjamin Franklin Gates at the beginning of the second round. I think it's a must pick in this draft. I mean, there's nothing more American than saving, right? The declaration of independence from being stolen, the protection of this document. It might be an outlandish concept, but it's so patriotic. It hurts. And not only that, his name is Benjamin Franklin Gates. Gates. He is named after a founding father. He is he is basically an encyclopedia when it comes to American history. Okay. He is uncovering secrets, right, that are held right by the most elite in the United States. Benjamin Franklin Gates, the, the best treasure hunter there's ever been. Sorry to Captain Jack Sparrow. You're back though. Give me Benjamin Franklin Gates. So I was targeting this with uh my next pick. I and one of our first top billing drafts ever. I picked uh I picked him. Wait, I picked what was the draft? I picked this. I picked uh what, what was it? We did patriotic movies. I'm pretty yes. sure. Yeah, because I picked National Treasure, I picked White House Down, I picked uh, <laughs> what Olympus has fallen. I just did every single mediocre American movie. Yeah. You know, you know what we should do? National Treasure is great. 
We should do best presidents. You got me. You talk about Olympus is fallen. I think Morgan Freeman. Like I, I'm just thinking of like we should do a draft of the best movie presidents. Yeah, we should have done that for Presidents Day. That was a big. That's, mess. What, that's what I just said, right? Didn't I just say that? Uh, maybe I wasn't. <laughs> but moving on with the okay. second pick of the second round. On the clock. Uh, you could say this man stopped communism. Rocky Four. I have a great looking graphic, I will say right now, because I got Captain America in the suit and I got Rocky after beating Drago with the American flag with his fist up in so in the Soviet Union. So give me Rocky Four, specifically Rock, Rocky Balboa, Rocky. Uh, I'll tell you what, that is the most patriotic picture that's ever been taken. Other than like Washington sailing, right? Revolutionary War era. I'm going to say Rocky Four is the most patriotic picture that has ever come out of a human being. Draped over him, all right? You, you definitely put that picture on the graphic. You better, Ricky Flex. Um, but I think we said it before. When you're taking a character, you're not just taking one movie. You're also taking the rest of the franchise. And he does exemplify like the American dream. Right, the ideals of a zero to a hero, like going up the social ladder from the very bottom to the very top, okay, working his way up, right? The small man taking down the big man, all right, on the way to the top. So I love this pick, not just because of Rocky Four, because when you end when you end <laughs> when you end the Cold War, you're automatically in the most uh, most patriotic character draft, but also just the ideals he represents regarding the American dream makes him an automatic. Well said. Again, you're you're the deep guy in this podcast today, but I feel like I'm about to just take that throne from you with my next pick. Oh boy, we're going, Chris Kyle. Ah, I wanted this one, Chris Kyle. This movie, Clint Eastwood movie, Bradley Cooper starring as Chris Kyle. Uh, rest in peace to Chris Kyle. One of the greatest U.S. Navy SEALs we've ever had. Sniper four tours in Iraq. Set won numerous several awards and for his in combat for his combat service, just unbelievable American. But also, if we're just talking about the movie itself and what it showed, it showed the like struggles serving, especially doing four tours is ridiculous. And had a kid at home, a wife, right? Also, the struggle to become a Navy SEAL, how difficult it is. I think they could have even made it look more difficult because it is a lot more difficult than they even displayed on screen. A lot of people don't recognize that. That's the people that are serving our country. I personally love this pick. I think it's great value here in the third round. Give me Chris Kyle, American Sniper. Incredible pick. Incredible pick. I, my favorite Bradley Cooper performance that he's ever had. 100% bar none, even more so than A Star is Born. And I love A Star is Born, except mm. for minus a couple scenes in that movie, a couple decisions that I didn't love, necessarily love. But this was, first of all, gut-wrenching ending. You knew it was coming if you knew the Chris Kyle backstory. Um, how many tours did he go? Did you did you say? Four. Not Four one, tours? Not two, he is some, not three. One of the most, like, I don't know how many confirmed kills he had. But it's like it's up there with the most in U.S. history. Um, directed by Clint Eastwood, so you knew it's going to have like some of those conservative values in it, and that America, and it's going to like 
feel like right almost a tribute to his life and his service and it certainly did feel like that in this movie um awesome pick i had it i had it on my board all right okay on to me i'm gonna go with another real life portrayal i'm gonna go with uh my second favorite sports movie of all time i'm gonna go with herbie brooks right herbie brooks as the end of the third round as I said before, there are a few things um, more American than taking down the Soviets. And that's exactly what Herb Brooks did, uh, played by Kurt Russell in my favorite Kurt Russell role, probably alongside Death Proof and Hateful Eight, probably. Right? This, that, this is like all time for me. Uh, I think he deserved an Oscar nomination. He was so good in this movie. He's the best performer in this movie. Um, he is like Herb Brooks himself thinking about how he thought so unconventionally, how he wanted to be different in order to take down the all-powerful Soviets, right? Think about like the zero mentality he had when he didn't make um, the, the American team that won the gold in 1960, right? And then finally taking down uh, finally taking down the Soviets in 1980. Probably one of the most, I mean, glorified U.S. patriotic moments put to the screen Right, so I think that's automatic. He was going to get drafted. Did you want him? It's a great pick. He was just outside my top five. Um, I, I have like a top five, and then the rest are just there. Um, I think her book's a great pick. I think he's the Rocky like substitute. You know, I have Rocky on my board. I'd rather Rocky because he ended it. Like her Brooks, yes, he could. You could say in that movie. I know it's based off a real event here. He ended it. If you want to say that. But then again, like he didn't play. So he's the Rocky substitute. Okay. He, he's the Rocky. I'm a little, we take it easy. I was, was going to pretend I didn't hear what you just said. The Rocky <laughs> substitute? I'm yeah. sorry. I am sorry. Rest in peace, Herb Brooks. Oh, you're going to pull that respect. card on me. Have hey. a little respect, Whoa. Ricky Flicks. No, all I'm saying is I think Rocky. substitute. To you a fictional me. character. Okay. I'm you you making me look bad. <laughs> this is what this is, huh? Right, this so, is what this is. All right, all right. You you have your thoughts, I got mine. <laughs> Kick off the beginning of the fourth round. Um I could go obvious, but I think I don't want to do that. Um, you talk about I need a character. Oh, actually, I already have that. Mm. I think I'm going another World War II hero, fictional hero. But I'm also debating more of a comedic character. And also, I feel like everything is war-oriented that I still have. Are you finding the same dilemma? I have one that's I'm not. I'm okay. Um, no, no, I'm saying like, no, I'm asking, do you have, are most of the characters you have on your board, are they war-oriented? A lot of them are. Um yeah, a lot of them actually are. You're right. But that's what patriotism is a lot in a movie, right? Right. That's but I think, is. and I like when I'm looking at it, I got, I only, you only have, have one. one. Yeah, I know. I think we both, yeah, no, you have two, technically. I um, do have two. Yeah, technically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whatever. I will go with this is going to be in, I'm going to do, I'm going to go with the chalk, I guess. Pete Mitchell Maverick. I think I'm going to do it. Uh, one of the most respected all right pilots in the history of the navy right uh 
leader of uh, coordinator of Top Gun now, or not the coordinator, but um, instructor of Top Gun now. I feel like this is hot. The movie was incredible. Um, still doing well at the box office. And I think he, after watching this new Top Gun, he really earned his stripes. And he's not just this showboat. He's a true American hero, and he has the respect of his colleagues. And I think I don't really have to explain much more because we just reviewed the movie. But the original Top Gun, it's a lot, it's a lot of romance, but it's also a lot of American patriotism in like um supporting like the US Navy. It almost feels like a whole movie based on recruiting for the US Navy. In that regard, I think it should be placed in this draft. So I'm gonna go with Pete Mitchell as the fourth round. Yeah, this was on my board. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's kind of going to what you were saying at the end. It's not because of the actual like Pete Mitchell. And what do I mean by that? I, what I mean is that he's kind of selfish person, right? Like even in the second one, he's a selfish person. He's still flying just because he wants to. He should be an admiral. Oh, by Ricky, now. the end no, of the movie. Hold Come on, on. Hold on. You didn't let me get to which, uh, my, my uh, spin here. My God, he is jumpy today, folks. So no, at the end of the day, he is an American hero, but it goes back to what we did when we did our throwback review to Top Gun, like what you were talking about. There was literally like people applying to go into the air force and the u.s navy after watching this movie they were literally outside the box office like recruits so i think this movie and pete mitchell represented more this is what movies does right a lot of this draft a lot of these characters they symbolize more than just an actual character like a selfish person that just wants to go fast that's simplifying the character i know i'm just using that to my argument pete mitchell is a good pick especially good value here in your Fourth pick, yeah. Okay, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Ricky Flex. I'm a little jumpy right now. I just, and I just, I'm, I'm the ready. Top Gun enthusiast. I'm just ready. Here. You're not the only one who loves Top Gun. I'm telling you that, right? Am I, am I stealing your picks? Is that why you're upset? Am I no, stealing you, you? You stole one of them, and I'm gonna get my number five. I wanted Chris Kyle. That's like the one yeah. I wanted. On I wanted list. Ben Gates personally. Um, I'm gonna get my number five here. And it's Forrest Gump. That was the last one I had that wasn't war-oriented. Okay. It's just because the historical events taking you through the 1950s to 1980-ish, right? The HIV outbreak. His timeline, his story is just telling you the timeline of America, right? The ups and downs, right? It literally starts from connecting it to our review this week, Elvis, start of rock and roll goes jfk alabama accepting uh african-americans uh he's an olympic olympic player against china right like it just takes you throughout the vietnam war war hero like everything so i think just telling of america this had to be drafted i'm happy to have it here forrest gump it's so much for america when you think about it like i like i take it back this is a war pick like what he did vietnam war Medal of Honor. Uh, he also brought a gold medal with, with his ping pong skills. Uh, he also is an idealist for the American dream, like with uh, his company and like a Bubba Gump shrimp. He, um, you know, he's just a good man. He's a good American, you know, lives his life the right way. Okay. I, I like it was on my list that like, that was the one that was the most non-associated with war. I like it. You're up with the fifth rounder. All right, I can go serious again, but I feel like I'm, we're getting serious. So I'm going to go something that I don't even know that's on your board. But 
it's my last pick, so whatever. And again, a lot of I'm like happy with my board. It's obviously like if I'm picking like most patriotic, like hardo move, this wouldn't be my pick, but I would just love this look on the graphic. I'm 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 gonna see if I can get this by you. I'm picking Team America World Police. <laughs> the whole team? The whole team. No, you gotta pick one character. I'm not letting you wait, what? I can't pick the then whole I got, the whole okay. platoon from Saving Prime. I Ryan. know, but okay. So I'll take their leader, Spotswood. Spotswood. That's a good pick. I think, man, all right. I'm happy with it. I think it's good for the board. If you haven't seen this movie, you know, Trey Parker, Matt Stone created this movie back in like 04-ish. And streaming on Prime. It used to be streaming on HBO. No, it's, it's streaming on Hulu now. Go watch if you haven't seen it. It's laugh out loud funny. It's South Park basically in just different characters. Unbelievable. And the cameos are so funny. They're so funny. And they're, they're not like the actual people playing the characters. Like who are the actors? Is Tom Cruise Alec like who Baldwin? Alec Baldwin. George <laughs> he's like the lead actor, right? I gotta rewatch this. It's it's absurd. The movie's absurd. You have to go see it. Or not go see it, stream it. It's awesome. If you haven't seen did it, we, if you've seen did, it, watch it again. Did we weekend. review that? We were going to, but then we didn't. Maybe we should have done that as a 4th of July review. Maybe we'd watch it this weekend and drop it on the 4th. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. We, I, I'd be so down. Like Maybe we do like a Stranger Things marathon. We watch the first of the two episodes of Stranger Things, then we watch Team America. <laughs> and then we go back to Stranger Things. America. <laughs> if yeah. One of the best um, theme songs in the history of movies. Um, let me get slept on a little bit. I, I like. I like. I remember when we, were, we first wanted to review it, and Ness was on, and he was shocked that I'd never seen it. And like, it was one of the best recommendations he's ever given me. So thank you, Ness, for that. Now we're on to the final pick of the draft. I'm between two. I'm between three characters. I'm just gonna talk it out by my. I'm gonna just talk it out. The war hero talked about like killing Nazis. Aldo Rain, he's up there. Also, John Winger, Stripes, we want to go um, comedic route. And then finally, Maya, Zero Dark Thirty, played by Jessica Chastain, in my favorite role that she's played. Uh, looking at my list, it's pretty serious. And I think, in that case, Maya's gone from Zero Dark Thirty. It's down to Aldo Rain and John Winger. I think I'm going to go. Aldo Rain. Aldo Rain. Um, big dumb American. Just a big dumb American who wants to kill some Nazis, all right, for the injustice they've done, right? Two Jews uh, assembling a Jewish squad, okay, uh, to absolutely bring the thunder against Hitler, right? And uh, I love his interactions with Christoph Waltz. I love his interaction with everybody in this movie. I love him speaking Italian, okay? That's the big, dumb American Italian. we love. Ah, Italian, yes. Um, yeah, I think I think it just looks great on my board, like having all the reins. They're scalping those Nazis, bro. 
scalping those Nazis. Talking about the best, the greatest generation. I got another one on my board. I feel like I needed another World War II-esque hero. I could have gone a different war, but when you think of American patriotism, it's World War II. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> so I got to go Aldo Rain. Yeah, I thought you would pick this. I was thinking about this in my fifth pick. It was either this or uh, one of the characters from Independence Day, preferably the president or mm. Spotswood. Those are like the three I was really debating with, with my last pick. So I really do like it. Italian. 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 Might watch that tonight. All right, let's run through the picks right now, and then we'll get the honorable mentions, and we'll get the hell out of here. So Ricky Flex has Captain America on his board. He's got Rocky, Chris Kyle, Forrest Gump, and Spotswood. Dr. Rowe has Captain John Miller, uh, Benjamin Franklin Gates, Herbie Brooks, Pete Mitchell Maverick, and Lieutenant Aldo Rain. What we miss, Ricky Flex? Well, I mentioned Independence Day. You can go Will Smith's character. You can go the president in Independence Day with all-time speech, right? You can go Randy Quaid's character kind of finishing off the aliens. Hello, boys! I'm <laughs> back! Um, but, okay, besides that, I have Rambo. Yeah, but a little, little bit of, like, like, veteran love. You know, almost like anti-establishment type thing. Yep. Uh, How about The Patriot, Benjamin Martin, not taken in this draft? Like I told you, I haven't seen that movie still. You haven't seen The Patriot, Heath Ledger? Wow. Every Um, time I say I haven't seen it, you act like I'm shocked. But like you act shocked. But I've said it like four times on this podcast. Like I'm doing it. I should watch that on the 4th of July. I should watch that on the 4th of July. We'll see. Uh, we're making a lot of promises, but we're watching this weekend. Oh, I'm promising. I'm promising. <laughs> we're forgetting that Stranger Things is six no one hours holds us to the, it. The boys is an hour. We need someone to hold us accountable. Like, like if someone to be like, "Did you watch this? Did you actually do this?" Like, we we just like don't like we don't hold ourselves accountable. We need People someone that, else to do it. Whoever holds us accountable comes on the next pod. Uh, comes on a pod next week or something. Like, I like that. Yeah, and if we don't do it, but uh, another one. Pops on for a top billing. Yes. Uh, I, I have a couple more here, but how about you? Like, just to kind of mix it up. What else? John Winger. I wanted, I wanted that one. Uh, Bill Murray stripes. That was like, okay, now we're going to a different era of the cold war and everything. I, I like that. And, uh, like also hilarious movie, zero to hero type of story, still like a goofball. Uh, but he also just like is kind of disrespectful to America at the same time. So I didn't think it was the best pick. I love Jessica Chastain in zero dark 30. Like that scene at the end when they kill Bin Laden, she's riding the helicopter. I still get insane chills from that scene. Great movie. Uh, Jack Ryan, like Jack Ryan, but so like that—that's another like legacy character that could have been picked. And that's it. President James Marshall. Yep, I had that on my board. Let's see who else. I had Colonel Rick Flag. <laughs> and Peacemaker. Could, yeah, I. Pe- <laughs> I had Peacemaker on my board. <laughs> no, Second, I wrote t- my first two names I wrote were just strictly off of costumes. Homelander, Peacemaker, Captain America were the first three names. Yeah. Any other superheroes? Like, I mean, you can go Anthony Mackie, Captain America, Falcon. You can do that one too. Yeah. And then last one I had on my board, didn't pick because I don't love the movie, but I don't, I don't love the movie. And it kind of, it, it is patriotism. First Amendment, right? Um, also went, was a war hero. Kind of, not really. Born on the Fourth of July, Ron Kovic, Tom Cruise, yeah, for really, veteran, I should say. Really went for it. You really went for it in that movie. Yeah. 
All right. Great draft. Great episode. Okay. Make sure you are, if you're going to watch Stranger Things, if you're going to watch The Boys, or if you celebrate the 4th of July, make sure you're tuning in next week to recap it all. All right. And make sure, right. Take advantage of that opportunity to hold us accountable. So you can jump on the next podcast and review and uh, do a draft with us. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Okay. Rate, rate us five stars, leave a review. If you leave a review, shout, we'll shout it out on the podcast on the next episode. So please do so. We received some nice feedback on Twitter, All right? We got fact checked, which is nice, <laughs> I guess. Uh, it felt good. Uh, but us, they like the episode, which is nice. And then Hold us accountable. Twitter, Instagram, make sure you're following us, putting out some fire content. Subscribe to the YouTube. Make sure you're tuning in next week for our episode recaps. Signing off, this is Dr. O and, Rick, and Ricky Flicks. Until next time, we will smell you. <laughs> <laughs>